1: Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. The RNC's finance
0: chairman is out. Steve Wynn has been a prolific donor and has led the Republican National Committee's fundraising efforts during President Trump's first year in office. But the Wall Street Journal reported Friday that a number of women who had worked for the casino mogul said they were harassed or assaulted by Wynn. The newspaper says one case led to a $7.5 million settlement with a manicurist. Wynn and his company Wynn Resorts have denied the allegations, but RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniels says in a statement that she's accepted Wynn's resignation. Ben Thomas, Washington. President Donald Trump aiming to use Tuesday's State of the Union address to note
2: the economic progress under his watch while pushing for bipartisanship with Democrats on issues such as rebuilding roads and bridges. More details at srnnews.com.
1: Dennis Prager explains the left's view on immigration.
3: Leftism is not interested in borders. Leftism, since Karl Marx, it has never deviated from this belief.
1: National states are an anachronism. The nation state is irrelevant. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
4: You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the second half of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Mitch Berg this time, so don't go anywhere. Quick weather update for you now. First high of 21 degrees and flurries likely through most of today, a high of 16 and mostly sunny for Monday, and a high of 26 degrees and mostly sunny skies for Tuesday with a chance of snow on the second half of Tuesday. Stay tuned. It's the second half of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Mitch Berg right here on AM 1280, The Patriot.
1: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great
5: to be back in Minnesota today.
1: Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Byrd.
2: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that says, send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. The Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hi, good afternoon. My name is Mitch Berg. In for Brad Carlson, who is off on assignment today, taking a long earned, uh, well earned, one day break from the grind of doing weekend radio. Uh, He'll be back next week. Of course, both of us will be back out on ice next week. What we call Narn on the Rocks. Uh, We'll be at White Bear Lake, uh, reprising our performance yesterday out on uh, Medicine Lake, our usual holes for heroes' appearance. We do every about this time every year. These uh, appearances on ice. Narn on the Rocks appears to be just getting more and more more popular as we go because uh, it's the show so nice they have to have it twice a year. So check us out next week, but better yet, join us at Holes for Heroes next Sunday from one to three out on White Bear Lake. It's uh, it's the lake with the town named after it. You can hardly miss it. It's on every map of the area. Anyway. Uh, it's uh, an election season coming up here. Perhaps you've heard. It's been in all the papers. And uh, with us to discuss the latest news in his bid for uh, the GOP nomination and then, uh, if all goes well for him, the run for governor, uh, old friend of this broadcast, uh, GOP gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson joins us. Jeff, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks, Mitch. Good to talk. Great to talk to you uh, as well. Now, big news this past week. Jeff Dean. Uh, Jeez, Matt Dean. Sorry. (laughs) That was not part of the endorsement deal, amalgamating your names. (laughs) I'll stress that right now. Matt Dean, who was a guest in this broadcast just uh, two weeks ago, uh, withdrew from the race. I don't think we can draw any correlation from that. But uh, he uh, he has thrown his uh, endorsement and his support to you. Now, he seemed to have a little bit of wind in his sails, at least in terms of straw polls. What do you make of uh, his withdrawal? And uh, and tell us a little bit about what this development means to you and your campaign, Jeff Johnson.
4: Well, Matt and I talked about it for a long time, um, Wednesday night or Thursday night before the announcement. And um, he just, I I think he actually was doing well with respect to the endorsement. We saw him as really the main opponent. And I think he saw us as his main opponent for endorsement. Um, But his thought was based on fundraising and organization and uh, kind of the ground game. He didn't feel he was strong after the endorsement to win a statewide race. And felt that I was, and wants to win. So I, I'm just I'm so appreciative. And he was kind of looking at the big picture and the cause, and said, "Who is going to give us the best chance?" And that's who I want to support and help. And it, it I think it fundamentally changes the race for endorsement. And I, I'm thankful and feel great about it.
2: Yeah. So, so far, so good. Uh, it, it's obviously a, a, a better than a jab in the eye with a sharp stick at this point in the race, uh, Jeff Johnson. Right. So ta- tell us a little bit about the, the, the endorsement race so far. We've seen the, the field winnow itself down uh, quite a bit in the recent couple of weeks. I mean, uh, another old friend of the broadcast, Dave Osmek, departed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've seen some high profile departures other than Matt Dean. Uh, who's Who's the big contest uh, this coming, uh, come primary time?
4: You know, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I can say that there are really probably four or maybe five of us that have, you know, who are showing up at everything and courting delegates and uh, probably four of us. And I think, you know, anybody's got a shot at it. I I never take anything for granted. Uh, So obviously Keith and Mary and Philip are all, Working hard, as am I, and I feel very positive about where we're at, uh, even compared to four years ago when I was able to win it. I, in fact, I feel much better about where we're at than four years ago. And uh, just feel like there there seems to be a lot of momentum right now, and people seem to be, especially after Matt's decision, people seem to be coming together to unite behind our campaign right now and i'm just going to keep my head down and keep working it as hard as i can
2: so one of the things that note i suspect if i follow these things uh, correctly uh that you're working against is the faction in the gop that says jeff johnson took his shot already uh why should we right. give him another go around so how do you answer those critics why why should the party hypothetically give you another uh, shot at the crown here
4: Well, and that is – that's the number one question I get from activists. The general public doesn't care about that, but certainly people who are choosing – that want to choose our strongest candidate do. And I knew that going in, but that would be – and it's a very fair question because I'd ask it myself. And my answer is a couple things. Number one, I learned a lot from that campaign. Um, We did a lot of things really, really well, and we did some things wrong. And I think it's almost impossible to learn about those things – by having someone else tell you about him or by reading about them, you kind of have to go through it. And so that has strengthened me tremendously as a candidate, but also having run in 2014, even though I lost by five points to Dayton is one of the things that makes me stronger than any other candidate because of probably primarily because of positive name recognition. I mean, no, no other Republican in this race is even marginally close to mine. And I think I probably have better positive name recognition than any DFL or in the race, although I haven't seen any polling done on that. And also, I have a proven ability to raise the money that's necessary. We raised almost $2.5 million, most of it in a two-month period after a, a pretty difficult primary, and I have a proven ability from that race to win independence by a large margin, even with a really conservative message. we beat Dayton by 10 points with independence and tied with independent women, which is almost unheard of for a conservative Republican. Right. So my response to that is I learned a lot. I learned what we did wrong because we did some things uh, incorrectly and have fixed those or will fix those. But also, I think that having run before is actually one of the things that, that is most positive about me this time.
2: Yeah, that's that's a perfectly legit response to that. That's, I've I've heard people give that in your in your in in your support around about. Here's here's the other thing that has driven me nuts about the the, the wrap up from your last campaign, Jeff Johnson. That is, uh, there there are people back in 2010. You probably recall this people. Uh, in the media and the left, and, and, and people who are more casually involved in politics, castigated the GOP r- nominee at that time, Tom Emmer, who's a rather strong-willed, outspoken fellow, I think there's no way around it, by calling him the angry one. He was just too, too angry. Four years later, we nominate the, the, the genial and, and approachable Jeff Johnson, who uh, has never been called too angry, uh, and people called you too nice, <laughs> it's like we need, like we need Mama Bear as our candidate. How, how do you respond to the idea that you're just too nice a guy to to, to run against the DFL?
4: Well, I generally say don't mistake decency and uh, respectfulness and um, actually, you know, trying to have a positive message for weakness. Uh, in fact, I think if anybody watches me on the Hennepin County Board or looked at my record on the in the house, when I was in the house a while back, uh, they will see that I, you know, I'm willing to push back as hard as anybody. I might do it with a bit different of style than some people do. I think, frankly, a more effective style if you want to change things. So, I, you know, being too nice, I am a nice guy. I don't, that's how God made me. And I'm not going to try <laughs> to change that or pretend that I'm something else because people see through that in a heartbeat. Right. Um, and, and it is, frankly, I think personality and the sort of uh, perception about you that, that people have around the state. It's one of the reasons I won independence by such a large margin because I wasn't running on a moderate message by any stretch. It was a very conservative message, but I think people, uh, liked the style. And I think that um, I think that's part of the reason that I was able to tie with independent women and win independence by a large margin against a guy who was very popular at the time and had a huge outside money advantage. So to uh,
2: the money advantage, you, you may have partially answered the question. I mean, the money was was out of hand in this last election. But what to what do you ascribe coming up short in the last election? Have you given that? Uh, obviously, you've given that a post mortem in getting ready to oh, run. Gosh, what, yes. what, what's your reason?
4: yeah the biggest reason there are a lot of little things but the biggest reason without doubt was republican turnout it was yeah. poor and i i take responsibility for that i think there were a lot of reasons for low low republican turnout but I, i'm not one to blame others and uh you know my thought is we we after 15 months in that campaign of seeking republican votes for first for the endorsement and then in a primary we said we got three months left and i've got to go out and win independence. And so we focused on that, again, not by watering down the message, but by where, where we went and how we spent our digital money and that sort of thing, and it worked. But Republican turnout was just dismal. And I, as a candidate, should have been much more active in the get-out-the-vote effort rather than leaving that to others, and I should have made sure that Republicans who didn't know me were excited enough about the campaign to get off the couch and didn't just think, oh, he's a Hennepin County commissioner. He's not going to change anything. He's probably one of those moderates from the Twin Cities. Uh, I won't make that mistake again, I promise.
2: And that brings us to the next question here, and that is as we head to the general election, I mean, we could argue primary politics all day long, and and, and we will sometime between now and, and, and the convention. We absolutely will. But uh, how is it that you plan to fix that apathy among Republicans that it seems to be what sank your your bid in this last election year it wasn't it was 2014 was frustrating because it was a wave year for Republicans everywhere but Minnesota how 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 do you and
4: we fix that Jeff Johnson well I I can tell you a couple things number one this is more structural than anything else but I will make sure our campaign is extremely involved in the Republican get out the vote effort rather than just leaving it to others and you know we did that and that was a mistake and so we will be integrally integrally involved in that the other piece of that is where i spend my time and the message that i'm sharing and who i'm sharing it with and again we had all of the focus on making sure my message was getting out to independents had we said we got to make sure that uh, i don't want to call it the base because i think most of quote unquote the base knew enough about me to get out and vote. But a lot of uh, Republicans who maybe don't always vote, maybe turned out to vote for Trump because they were excited about Trump, but hadn't voted for several elections prior to that. uh, I need to make sure that my message is getting in front of them as well. And that means digitally make sure that message is getting in front of them. That means using uh, radio more often. That means maybe traveling to different places than we traveled four years ago and making sure that they hear a, a very sharp contrasting message from whatever the DFL is putting up.
2: Now we're seeing a fairly, I think it's safe to call it a fractious uh, campaign so far as we head towards the convention, just a little over four months away right now. Uh, how is your, is your strategy towards
4: getting the nomination going to change from what it was four years ago? No, I don't think that is, is all that different. Um, you know, I, I'm, and I wouldn't say it's. I mean, there's there's been some fractiousness, if that's word,
6: that's with a word, respect
4: yeah. to one other campaign. But otherwise, it seems like it seems like people are trying to focus on what is best about them. My philosophy has always been: I'm just not going to spend time trying to pull down other Republicans because, in the end, that does not serve us well. We have to be together after that convention, and. Um, I mean, that was my strategy four years ago. That will be my strategy. Again, it doesn't mean you don't contrast yourself with others because we differ in different ways. And I'm happy to talk about that. But in general, I'm going to focus on what's best about me. And if I'm somebody's first choice, fantastic. And if I'm somebody's second choice, that's not going to bother me. Um, Because I suspect we're going to have a convention of multiple ballots again.
2: So in terms of uh, yeah, another one of those, that would be fantastic. I barely recovered from the last uh, trip to Rochester. (laughs) Uh, And believe me, the stories. Well, we'll go back to that, Jeff Johnson. By the way, if you have a question or comment, we may have time for one call. If you hurry, 651-289-4488. Uh, The number to call to uh, talk with Jeff Johnson, GOP candidate for the nomination to run uh, for the next uh, governorship of the state of Minnesota. Uh, Jeff, just to follow up on the the whole thread of Republican turnout, was there any particular group of Republicans you felt you may have left on the table and and why? And 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 is there any particular way to get them back to the table or are are you basically is it was it just more of a general
4: malaise among Republicans? I think it was more general. I, I we, believe me. After that election, and well before I was thinking about running again, we did a really in-depth analysis of you know what went right and what went wrong, and with respect to turnout, which was the biggest problem. That and outside money was an issue too. Yeah. Um, it, it, there was not a you know this specific group or subgroup or this particular county was the big problem. What we've done since then, since Trump's near victory in Minnesota. We've taken my precinct map, which shows how I did in every precinct, overlaid his precinct map to figure out where it was that he was bringing in large numbers of votes that I didn't get four years earlier, which has been very helpful and instructive for down the road. Not for now, that doesn't make any difference, but come August, September, October, when I'm looking at where do I need to be spending my time because there were a bunch of votes that he got that I didn't, that'll be helpful. And, And largely that was... The exurban areas of the second and sixth, and then some pockets in Greater Minnesota that uh, have a bit more population.
2: Now, as you mentioned, money was a problem four years ago. Is has that changed as far as you can see? I mean, the big—I remember hearing the complaint from a lot of Republicans around Minnesota in 2014. A lot of the big donors that seem to play play so much of the drumbeat for the the party at large. Uh, were kind of sitting on their hands in 2014. Are you seeing any sign that the logjam is breaking up, uh, financially speaking?
4: Well, and and honestly, in 2014, money for the campaign was not a big problem. I actually raised more money in 2014 than Mark Dayton did. But the outside money, I think, you know, we got out spend four to one in right. outside groups funding, which was all the negative ads against me. So Dayton only had to spend his money on the positive happy ads. Right. And we just we had some of that. The Freedom Club was actually helpful with that. But but um, we got outspent by a lot. I think that will be uh, much better this time, at least based upon conversations I've had with a lot of groups. Chief among them, the Republican Governors Association, the RGA, Uh, they didn't play at all in Minnesota four years ago. And the reason is, you know, I was running against a popular incumbent. And when they took a look at the race after the primary I think I was down by 14 points, 13, 14, 15 points in most of the polls. We were able to narrow that at the end. But at that point, you know, two or three weeks out, it's probably too late. Um, So I do think that there will be a big difference in outside money this time without an incumbent. We'll start off probably with a close race rather than, um, you know, a long ways behind in the polls. And the fact that Trump came close, the fact that we now have the House and the Senate, I think is going to be a good message to share with all of these outside groups, with respect to what the campaign can raise, um, that was a frustration for me, and I think is again for everybody in the race, is that our our large donor community on the Republican side does tend to sit on their hands until the end. Right. They open the pocketbooks when there's one candidate. The difference is for the Democrats, they just dish that money out to everybody early, so their numbers always look better early. Uh, and our guys, because they're conservative, say we're going to wait till there's one because we're not going to spend on six candidates when only one is going to survive. So that's frustrating. It is what it is because it, it happens every single cycle in Minnesota. But uh, the money will be there. It's just it comes for us a little later than it does for them.
2: Jeff Johnson, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. I know your people say you've got a, a full agenda today, so we we'll are gonna let you uh, move along. Uh, and we'll have to do this again sometime soon, though. Uh, I love it. Absolutely. When, where can people find out more about you and your campaign?
4: johnsonforgovernor.org is the best place to go and we have a facebook page and a twitter account but if you start off at the website you're going to have you're going to see everything you need I will- and caucus everybody go to caucus regardless of who you're supporting make sure you go to caucus next a week from tuesday
2: absolutely jeff johnson i will post the uh, website that's shot in the dark dot info those who uh who have a hard time keeping track thank you very much have enjoy your uh, sunday on the campaign trail and we will talk to you soon Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Uh, Jeff Johnson, of course, uh, one of several candidates still running for the uh, GOP nomination to run uh, for governor this coming fall. It's going to be an interesting year in the classic Minnesotan and non-metaphorical senses of the term. When we come back, a look at one of the other gubernatorial candidates when we return on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
6: Hey, Jan, your favorite cooking show is on. The the one with the mystery box challenge. Oh, I love that one.
1: If you've ever wanted to be on a cooking show, you'll enjoy this half-off deal from Chop Room. For just $900, you'll receive a $1,800 voucher from Chop Room in Minneapolis. It includes a private event for up to 20 people in a cooking challenge, just like on TV. This is the perfect gift. gathering, gathering, family gathering, team building, or bachelorette party. To take advantage of this deal, call us at 651-405-8800.
6: When I found out I was pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. I didn't know what else to do. I was nine weeks along and didn't know there were other options. I didn't know the baby already had a beating heart. I didn't know there were couples waiting to adopt. I called the confidential hotline and learned the facts. I found an option that both my baby and I can live with. Hello, my name is Marianne
7: Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline the hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro Life Across America, please call 1 800 366 7773 or check us out on the web, prolifacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is educational, non political, and tax deductible. Pro-life across
8: We do what we do primarily to honor the Lord. Hi, this is Lee Juvelin with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. And this is Eric Juvelin. We'd like to say thank you to all the people that have purchased roofs through the Kingdom Builders. But we also want to thank all the people that we've met, whether they've purchased a roof or not. There's more to this than just selling roofs. Maybe once or twice we actually sell the roof. In the first meeting, once you kind of turn this over to the Lord then you can get those blessings from just meeting the people. We've been blessed by every person we've come in contact with, and we pray that we can be a blessing to others, maybe by doing the roof and doing it for a fair price and doing a quality job. We can work year round. We will warrant the work. Or we can get things on the schedule for as soon as the weather breaks. Give us a call today. We'd be glad to help you out. We're the Kingdom Builders Roofing Company. We're not salespeople. We're just great roofers. So give us a call at 612-900-9166. Or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net.
2: Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, 651-289-4488, four, four, eight, eight, the number to call, should you care to join us. And I hope you do. I'm Mitch Berg, in for Brad Carlson uh, for the, the balance of the show today. Only one hour long. This is, is kind of almost hard to fit my normal show into one hour here. I imagine it must be hard and torturous for Brad to do it every week. But somehow we we carry on. Hey, by the way, this coming Tuesday evening on AM 1280, The Patriot, we bring you live coverage of President Trump's first State of the Union Address. Uh, Coverage begins at 8 p.m. and is supported by Schaefer Performance Archery in Burnsville. That's Schaefer Performance Archery in Burnsville. Uh, Didn't even know about the place. We've got archers in the family. We're going to have to check the place out. Anyway, Tuesday evening at 8 o'clock, live coverage of the State of the Union Address with the uh, usual uh, cavalcade of Salem Network stars hosting, except me. Go figure. Uh, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join the bro- broadcast. I'm also on hashtag NARN, that's Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, where I monitor for those of you who uh, don't want to go on the air but still have a question. Uh, we, we do that every week. We're also on Facebook at uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network. That's, the, uh, that's, the, that's their uh, hashtag that we use. Uh, hashtag. That's the web page, uh, Facebook page. Oh, hey, Facebook page. Holy cow. <sighs> I've got to stay on top of things here. Anyway, uh, big couple of weeks here in politics, and um, and we're getting to less of it than normal because, of course, we're doing Narn on the Rocks uh, yesterday out at Medicine Lake, which was a blast, by the way, and we'll be out at, uh, at uh, White Bear Lake this coming Saturday uh, during my normal time from 1 to 3 uh, for Holes for Heroes and Fishing for Life. Uh, Brad Carlson and I will both be out there, but... I just want to talk briefly about the idea. Since Jeff Johnson was on the broadcast just now, uh, I, I'm reminded of some people, including at least one other uh, local talk show host, uh, God bless them all, who say that that we can't vote for – and Jeff Johnson is just one of the people they say. They say they will never, ever, ever vote for Jeff Johnson, or they'll never, ever, ever support Tim Pawlenty, or they didn't support Tim Pawlenty at the time, or – that they can't possibly support. In another uh, case that's uh, happening right now, Denny McNamara over in I believe it's fifty-six, uh, in House dist- uh Senate District fifty-six, running to re- fifty-six, I believe, or fifty-four, one of the fifties, over in Inver Grove Heights to replace Dan Schoen, uh who was ushered from the Senate uh, recently. It's a special election and. And uh, Denny McNamara, uh, a former House representative who retired from the uh, legislature, I don't know, a session or two ago, is running to replace Sean. And he won uh, the nomination of the activists in his district with about 80 percent of the delegates, which has caused a bit of a rift in the district and outside as as more stridently conservative, and frankly, more people like me, as well as more libertarian activists in the second congressional district have have castigated the local activists for doing what they thought was, was right, I maybe mean, for voting for the candidate that they chose, uh, Denny McNamara, who has proven that he can win in at least half of that district. And it's, it's the eternal battle you have, especially among Subsections of a party that operate from a position more of, of uh, declaiming pure principle rather than winning elections, uh, saying, "Okay, this the GOP needs to start enforcing some kind of purity test on people." And I get it. I'm a conservative. There, there is a moderateness about about Republicans in some of our, especially in some of our fringier districts, like the northern part of the second and the third congressional districts. Uh, places that are kind of edging towards the left. And and I've I've always believed and I've always voted in accordance with Reagan's 11th commandment, which is uh, to vote for the most conservative person who can win in any given jurisdiction. Because it's better to have control of a district, even imperfectly, even with someone who may only agree with you 60 or 70% of the time, than someone who disagrees with you 100% of the time. And we saw... A classic case of this is past week, Uh, and if you're a Second Amendment advocate, you need to listen up on this, especially one with uh, absolute peer principles. Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey announced uh, this past Friday he was reversing a policy his predecessor, Chris Christie, put in place that was meant to make it easier for New Jerseyans to get a carry permit. New Jersey must not become part of the race to the bottom that we're seeing across the country, Murphy, a Democrat, said during a news conference at the YMCA in Trenton. There are already too many guns in our streets, and simply adding more to the equation will not make our communities any safer. Now, Chris Chris Christie was no Second Amendment ideologue. He he raised a lot of hackles among Second Amendment pro-freedom advocates during his time in office. But in the context of New Jersey... A place that has been just just slightly to the right of New York and San Francisco in terms of having a majority of anti gun politicians. Getting even someone as pro gun as Chris Christie to, 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 to into office was a victory, and losing that office has been is going to be a, a catastrophe for the freedom loving citizens of the Garden State. And so the question I ask of you is Okay, you no longer have someone who's deeply imperfect on one key conservative issue, like Chris Christie in office. Are people in New Jersey any better off? No! Objectively speaking, by any rational measure, they are worse off. Because it's not like there's going to be a groundswell of support for an arch-conservative breaking out in New Jersey anytime soon. Well, we come back, more on the Minnesota governor's race. This was funny this past week. No, go nowhere. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot.
3: Subject to someone else You know lately I've been subject to change
6: two very important facts to remember. One, it's January in Minnesota and we spend a lot more time indoors. Two, scientists have shown that you need air to live. It's true. So to help you with both facts, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is offering you your choice of a free air purifier or humidifier when you install a new furnace this January. Standard will not only help your family stay warm and comfortable, you'll also be breathing better air all winter long. Not to mention the savings on heating bills a new furnace can bring. Oh, here's one more fact. If you purchase a new furnace in January, Standard offers 0% interest and 0% down on approved credit. So to recap, January is cold, air is essential for life, and Standard offers warm comfort and a free air purifier or humidifier with a new furnace. 0% interest, $0 down. That about covers it. Warm and healthy air. Don't wait, hurry and find out more at standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. standardheating.com patriot.
3: National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394, 800 800-6- Nine four seventy-three ninety-four. That's eight hundred six nine four seventy-three
1: ninety-four. Forever My Girl is a modern-day prodigal son story. Country music star Liam Page never got over Josie, his one true love he left at the altar. But when he returns to his hometown years later, he's faced with the consequences of all he left behind.
4: Why'd you leave my mama? I
1: was young. I got lost.
4: But you found your way back now, right?
1: Find your way back home. In the film, NBC raves will make you laugh, cry, and fall in love. Forever My Girl. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now play. Your favorite Patriot hosts are right in your pocket. This is Michael Medved. Hey, it's my your- Well, not literally, but you can take Larry Elder on your next grocery run.
6: Clean up five.
1: Or bring Michael Medved with you out of state on your family vacation.
6: Are we there yet?
1: How? With the Patriot mobile app. Download it free in the App Store and enjoy intelligent radio in crystal clear, high quality audio. AM 1280,
2: The Patriot. AM
3: 1280, The Patriot. Yes, I got what I it's a
2: song about the way Minnesotans look when it gets too cold out. Well, when you get to the chorus. I'm just vamping till I get to the chorus, let's be honest.
3: All that time without a-
2: also because I've loved this song since I was a kid. that's never stopped, even before it became popular.
1: Like four
2: or five years ago. As a result of the season finale of a TV show. Special love I had for you. Okay, I made it to the post. Keep going. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. The song not actually written about how Minnesotans look when it gets cold out, but we had a little reminder about what how Minnesotans react to cold and snow this past week. We had a bit of a—the first Honest to Pete blizzard we've had in quite a while, at least genuine snowstorm in the Twin Cities. It got, it, I had about a foot of snow in my yard last—was it Sunday, Monday— uh, somewhere in there anyway it was it was coming down pretty good and I mean it, it threw it did its usual uh, played its usual hob on transit schedules and on the roads and people were taking hours to get home from from work and get to work the next morning it was a complete mess as usual I mean even in Minnesota where we are supposed to have some practice with this stuff uh, it was it was it was a mess but there's one thing you can always count on in, in Minnesota You drive around most of the city streets of most of the Twin Cities immediately after a blizzard, after a major snowstorm, a a significant snow event, as the weather people like to call it. And after a day or so, the roads, generally speaking, are pretty darn passable. The major roads, of course, you can drive up and down them shortly after the snow stops. The, The major arterial roads, the snow emergency routes, and you're good to go. It's not much worse than summer in Minnesota, let's be honest, on some of your major roads. Freeways, forget about it. I mean, they have those things plowed pretty darn quick. I mean, it's, it's possible that, that, that things get ahead of MnDOT. It happens, and when it does, we certainly hear about it, and, and I will join you all in complaining about it. But removing snow is something most people, most city governments in Minnesota realize correctly, that they've got to do well or there's going to be a revolt The taxpayers don't expect much from city government, and they usually have that wish for not much of any use requited for them, shall we say. But people want their rats and frats and streets plowed. Now, I live in St. Paul, and I have basically given up hope of all hope of, of, of being able to get around in the city in a car uh, for weeks after a snowstorm. Well, really, basically until the snow melts for the last dozen years or so. And, and this is not just a, a passing observation. Over the last dozen years or so, it's almost uncanny. I will drive up Snelling Avenue past the fairgrounds. After a significant snowfall, Snelling Avenue will be rutted, bumpy, full of of pockets of piled-up drifts, uh, intersections that, through lack of plowing, have been polished to a fine sheen by spinning tires so that they are more slippery than science anything science could possibly devise. Because when you let roads go unplowed for a while, all those spinning tires will pack the remaining snow down into a form of ice that is so hard and so slick that science would have a hard time duplicating it. And you find these streets, forget about the side streets. I mean, the side streets will be rutted, uh, impassable Chilean goat paths uh, from the, the the day after the storm all the way until the spring runoff. I say this uh, about my side streets uh, in my neighborhood as well. I live on a snow emergency route, which, to be fair, gets plowed the night the storm, the, the first night of the snow emergency and usually before. So that's fine. But the side streets, the ones that my alley empties out into, are always, always completely impassable for days and never really get plowed at all. I mean, snow emergency or not, it's hard to run a plow up these narrow little old streets in the older neighborhoods in St. Paul, like my home in the Midway, which gets frustrating because my alley is always clean enough to eat off of minutes after a snowstorm. And that's because in St. Paul, you have to privately contract for your snow plowing. That's right. In Minneapolis, the city does it when they get around to it. But in St. Paul, you contract for it yourself. And so we do. Every neighbor on our block, all 24 households, pitches in 20 bucks every November. We pay a plow driver who happens to live on our block, as luck would have it, which makes it really convenient for everyone. He gets a nice $250 cash payment at the beginning of winter, and as part of it, he puts that blade down on his way out of the alley, on his way to work after a snowstorm. And hours after the snow falls, minutes, heck, as the snow is still falling, repeatedly, our block gets gone over and over and over. And so you could you you could you could run a parade up and down our alley. But the minute you get to the side street, that, that parade will get buried up to its waist in snow. And you think I'm exaggerating, but after, I don't know, the December 11th, 2010 blizzard, It was knee-deep on all the side streets, and the only thing that plowed it was the passage of cars and the tire ruts they created, which packed down into hard, compacted ice. And what made it frustrating was that as you navigated your way north, forget about the side streets, as you navigated your way north on Snelling and had the bone jarring vibrations of the pillow drifts rattling the fillings out of your teeth as you drove north. As you passed Larpender Avenue, you had this sensation of peace, of of relative tranquility wafting over you like 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 the first breeze Of reassurance after a nasty tornado warning, and you realize, hey, this street is smooth. This street is as smooth as a baby's bottom after a fresh helping a baby powder. I would drive on this street just for the sheer fun of it, and you realize what happened. The only difference is that you drove across the line from St. Paul into Roseville, or Maplewood, or Woodbury, or Oakdale, or Egan, or Lilydale, or Minneapolis, for the love of God. And the roads, almost as if by magic, get smooth, get well maintained, get Passable in some cases. You can drive down a side street in Roseville or Egan or Bloomington or Minneapolis a day after a major snowfall without leaving a will with your next of kin. Without bringing more extra car parts and spare axles with you than if you were going on a trip across the Gobi Desert. You can do it without taking your life in your hands. You can do it without bringing a cargo of of pack mules along to get yourself to safety. Because for the last 12 years, the city of St. Paul has been, what's the word I'm looking for? Incompetent at blowing snow, at dealing with winter. At dealing with winter in Minnesota, a place that is news for you. City of St. Paul, City Council, mayors of, of St. Paul, a state that is famous for its harsh winters. Now, I bring this up because this past week we had two separate episodes regarding snowfall in St. Paul. In St. Paul, Minnesota, not St. Not Peter, Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, not, not Houston, Texas, St. Paul, Minnesota, We had a couple of episodes of of things that happen when when you elect Democrats to office. First of all, the St. Paul Public School District's Transportation Department, which has been transporting kids through winter snows for decades, decades and decades, found itself completely unable to, oh, I don't know, transport kids home. The police took over the job sometime after 9 p.m., to get the last of the kids home because the St. Paul Public Schools transportation office suddenly forgot how to haul kids through the snow in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, that's happened. That that happens because they are a bureaucracy, and not just any bureaucracy. And when when my kids did attend the St. Paul Public Schools before I came to my senses as a parent and moved them into a charter program, the the, the transportation department was second only to the placement department as the most arrogant, intrusive, entitled bureaucracy I had ever encountered in my life up to that point. And they remain no less so in my humble experience. I'm not even begging on teachers here, just bureaucrats. But even worse, well, this is interesting. A a Republican, someone writing under the name of the St. Paul City GOP, who may or may not have been... Uh, an actual St. Paul Republican officer, because there's been some—it doesn't matter. He he uh, wrote—this person wrote, whoever it was, wrote, Mayor Melvin Carter inherited, quote, the plow-after-it's-over mentality from Minnesota governor-candidate, former Mayor Coleman, and to show some real leadership, Melvin needs to put his foot down and protect citizens and suburbanites from—et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the, the post itself wasn't so interesting. The response from Mayor Chris Coleman— what well, was what made this an interesting event, and I'm going to get to that Twitter post from Mayor Coleman in just a moment here, because that's why I set up all this background about trying to drive, trying <laughs> to drive around the city I've lived in for this last, I don't know, better part of the last 30 years. Uh, I e I- it's it's you're taking your life into your hands, and I'm being a little theatrical, but I'll tell you what. You're taking your suspension, your axles, your tires, your fillings into your hands, trying to drive through St. Paul, even today, after even that relatively mid-level snowstorm we had this past week. It's treacherous out there in St. Paul. Not Egan, not Roseville, not Woodbury, not Oakdale, not Maplewood, not you smell what I'm cooking. Northern Alliance, we'll be right back.
1: AM 1280, The Patriot. If you're like most people near retirement, you're concerned about running out of money before you run out of life. Hugh Hewitt here with Sheila Franks from Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors, Sheila a real fear among people? You
6: know, Hugh, it really is. The people I talk to are really afraid and wonder how they're going to replace that income and protect the lifestyle that they've worked so hard to create.
1: What's the one crucial thing that people need to consider, Sheila?
6: Hugh, it's really about how are they going to generate income in addition to their social security to ensure that they don't have to change their lifestyle that they've worked so hard to accomplish.
1: Are you 100% confident that your money will last as long as you do? Call Sheila Franks at Lifestyle Financial Tax Advisors. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. Sheila will help you create a blueprint for income for the rest of your life. Listen to Sheila's radio show Saturdays at 7 a.m. on The Patriot. Call her here at 763-545-5555.
4: Hugh Hewitt is a paid spokesperson and is not a client of Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors or Global Financial Private Capital. The perfect Valentine's Day gift is to learn how to dance with this exclusive half-price offer from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom.
1: Get 20 lessons for just 850, that's half price.
4: American Classic Ballroom has developed the most effective method to teach you any dance style.
1: There are only 2 of these half-off deals available.
4: 20 dance lessons for just 850 from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom.
1: Give her a Valentine's gift she'll never expect.
4: Call the Patriot today at 651-405-8800.
7: You know you can get tremendous pain relief benefits with Relief Factor without any of the negative side effects of ibuprofen. Why? Because this is natural healthy stuff. There are no side effects, there's no prescription drugs, there's no chemicals, just good healthy dietary supplements that l- unleash your own body's natural healing powers. 80% of people who start with a quick start just 1995 for 3 whole weeks end up getting more Relief Factor. You should give it a try. Again, you have nothing to lose but your pain and the whole world to gain. 1995 comes to 95 cents a day. That's less than a cup of coffee a day for pain relief. Go to relieffactor.com, read all the testimonials, find out about it for yourself and order that quick start. Just 1995 or 95 cents a day for 3 weeks. Or you can call them. It's toll-free. They can answer all your questions. 1-800-500-8384. That's toll-free. 1-800-500-8384. relieffactor.com.
3: Hey Twin Cities, Dennis Prager here. If you've been to an AM1280 The Patriot event or to their station, then you've seen the expert work of Action Plus Sign. This local business of over 25 years specializes in vehicle graphics and wraps, storefront and lighted signs, which you can even convert to new LED and more when it comes down to it the folks Action Plus are less talk and more action. They exemplify true Patriot grit. Visit them online to check out a list of all their services at
1: actionplussign.com.
2: The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network.
0: 651-289-4488. The,
2: the, four, four, eight, eight. the sky cracked open. The walls of snow fell to the floor over and over again as the plows went by, but didn't pick up all the snow and went by pretty much on the snow emergency routes. And, and I suspect through the neighborhoods of the various city council members because it's St. Paul. Anyway. Uh, it was the St. Paul Republican Party, or someone writing under their name anyway, uh, pointed out that uh, Chris Coleman did a terrible job of, of plowing snow during his <sighs> 12 years as mayor of the city of St. Paul. Now, I, I, I gave you the background before, and when I say uh, when you cross, go up Snelling or Lexington or Dale or Rice and cross into Roseville or Vadnais Heights or Little Canada for that matter— it is like crossing from the third world into the first. It's like getting on a plane in Nigeria and landing in Switzerland. It's like, or, or I don't know, in Chechnya and landing in Switzerland, for that matter. It, it's like going from 100 years ago to now. And, and that's just snow plowing, folks. But Mayor Chris Coleman, former Mayor Chris Coleman of St. Paul, Uh, who just left office weeks ago and uh, is devoting his time to running for the governorship of Minnesota, responded to the Republican uh, tweet by saying, and I quote, Another great plan for Republicans. Let's plow before it snows. Way cheaper that way. And as effective as most Republican strategies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, first of all, as I've said in the past, the the Democrats' message handling strategy these days seems to be lie about everything because your audience isn't going to check you on it anyway. And they don't. The, the, The tweet said nothing about plowing before it snows. It said something about plowing while it's still snowing. Uh, at least about getting the job started before the snow settles and compacts, maybe taking a couple passes at it. Anyway, uh, his, his, his next comment, of course, it just shows the, the, the arrogance you can get away with in a one-party town like St. Paul, and I quote, and as effective as most Republican strategies. hmm You don't even have to Be partisan about it to notice what a terrible job Coleman and his administration did at the job, at at the job of just doing basic city services. They could not get the streets plowed. In some of the bad winters, the side streets never got plowed. Some of the side streets where they, some of the neighbors pulled their political pressure and got those little tiny traffic circles and these, uh, plopped into the middle of these intersections with the tiny old horse-width streets, like, I don't know, Blair and Albert in St. Paul, never got plowed at all because you can't run a plow around those circles. You can't. It's inside their turning radius. And so they never got plowed. And literally axles were getting broken left and right all around the city under Chris Coleman's administration. And it's not like it's a partisan thing because, hello, Roseville, Maplewood, Vadnais Heights, they're all controlled by Democrats. Democrats who live in cities run by functioning two-party systems where they are accountable to actual voters who have a choice to vote for someone better. They don't always exercise that choice. And the budgets in places like Roseville and school boards like Roseville show it. But the streets get plowed. And in St. Paul, under Chris Coleman and under Melvin Carter, don't. And there's not a lot of reasons to have a city government, really. It's, it's a fairly useless level of government except for paying for the police, paying for a fire department, and when you live this far north, getting your streets plowed. And, and by the way, under Coleman's administration, and and this will not stop under Melvin Carter's regime, they could not stop demanding to do for ploughing what they did with garbage. Take over the alleys. In other words, in Saint Paul, they, they can't get the streets done, but they want to add the alleys in, not because they can do the job, they cannot. They cannot. (laughs) They can't even plow what they got. But they can provide more hours of work for unionized city employees, and those hours are are shaved by the hour for union dues. And the more union dues the public employee unions collect, the more money gets funneled back to who? Melvin Carter and the St. Paul City Council and the St. Paul DFL and the state DFL. The job is about the graft. Oh, they can't, they can't get the streets plowed. They can't fix the ruts in the spring until a, a share of the city's axles have been broken. But they can pony up money to build a soccer stadium for a league that, by the way, will be out of business in five years. I predict. You heard it here first. They can pony up the time to virtue signal about fashionable social welfare protests. They can find the time to pass resolutions barring political candidates of certain parties from the city, tongue-in-cheek or not, enforceable or not. They've got the time for that, but they don't have time or apparently ability or zeal to actually get the streets plugged. Chris Coleman riffs on re- effectiveness of Republican strategies after spending 12 years of running a singularly... Utterly ineffective city government, with the widest one of the widest achievement gaps in the country, with a rising crime rate, with a declining quality of life, with a business sector that is collapsing even as we watch, with a downtown that has got lower, has a higher vacancy rate than any place else in Minnesota. And even, is as low as it is only because a third of downtown is being rented by state government. And he, who wants to be governor of this state and bring the magic he brought to St. Paul to the entire state of Minnesota, wants to riff on Republican strategy's effectiveness. Have you stepped across the border to Wisconsin yet, Mayor Coleman, and seen how much better life is, how much lower the unemployment risk is throughout the Badger State than it is in the St. Paul that you left, such a snow-clogged, sodden wreck full of Chilean goat paths and (laughs) third-world-level rights of way. Go on, Chris Coleman. Keep talking about the effectiveness of Republican strategies all winter long. I beg of you. Hey, if you're one of his people, tell him I'm offering him equal time to come into the studio and talk with me face to face. I've been interviewing Republican candidates. I'd love to welcome Mayor Coleman to the show. Please pass the word along. My name is Mitch Berg. Brad Carlson back next week. God bless you all. God bless America.
0: Call AIG Direct for a free, no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. 1-800-981-0472.
3: Snelling Heating brings you Narn hosts Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson for a live broadcast from Holes for Heroes on Medicine Lake in Plymouth on January 27th and White Bear Lake on February 3rd. Holes for Heroes is an ice fishing contest designed to honor our military both at home and abroad. See Mitch and Brad on the ice for Holes for Heroes January 27th and February 3rd from 1 to 3 p.m. Google Holes for Heroes for location details.
1: Broadcast brought to you by Snelling Heating. Online at SnellingCompany.com. The world is a more dangerous place now than ever before. So who do you trust for security at your business or for your next event? Here at AM 1280, The Patriot, we trust Midwest
7: Protection Agency. Their
1: staff is highly trained, incredibly professional, and provides services such as executive protection and transportation, corporate security, and workplace violence security services. To contact Midwest Protection, visit them online at mwprotection.net. That's mwprotection.net.
5: The results are in. A survey of Inc. 5000 companies shows the top barriers to growth. It's
2: taking finance too long to close the books. So slow to launch new products.
6: We need to hire good people
1: and keep them. Too many disconnected systems. I can't see what's happening in my business.
5: Sounds like they've outgrown their business and financial management systems. QuickBooks and spreadsheets worked fine at the start, but now it takes twice the effort to get things done, and you can't get accurate answers. You should know the number one system for growing companies, NetSuite from Oracle. NetSuite is the one system that tracks and manages revenue, cash flow, HR, inventory, projects, even e-commerce for every industry. Now you can run your business from a dashboard on your phone. That's why thousands of companies use NetSuite. It's the only system you need to run your business. Go to NetSuite.com radio to get your free guide called Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. That's NetSuite.com radio. This is AM 1280,
1: the Patreon.